welcome back to On the Power Play with your with not your host, with your co-host Maddie Fish coming at you with Bing and Adam. Good to see you. You know, you, we kind of get used to uh, Brian starting to show off, and he does an amazing job because he's the man. But I just wanted to talk off because um, something happened uh, locally in the hockey community. You know, uh, hockey hood, like hockey's a brotherhood all around the, all around the world. And um, around here, uh, you know, there's a, a rink called Hatfield Ice. And uh, this one, uh, this one young man, he played a lot of hockey there, and he also went to Millersville uh, to play uh, Millersville Marauders in Lancaster to play hockey, and um, he just uh, his name was Connor Vance, and he just recently passed away. And I just wanted to give uh, my respects to on the show on Power Play, and I just wanted to, you know, commemorate his name because. Everyone really loved the kid, and uh, people are hurting right now. So I just wanted to, you know, bring light to a, a broadcast like this that, you know, hockey, hockey's a brotherhood, and it always will be from, from start to finish. Yeah, thank you, Matt, for that. Um, Thanks for letting yeah. me start this off. Absolutely, man. Beautiful intro, beautiful touch base on that. Connor Vance was a kid uh, I played hockey against um, at Hatfield Ice in in high school and uh, blessings to him and his family and everybody that is impacted uh, by his unfortunate passing. Uh, Moving on into some fun shit because we got hockey to talk about, boys. Let's get into it. Obviously, welcome to On the Power Play, episode eight now, which is insane. Thank you guys so much for hanging with us and listening and responding to what we're saying and really enjoying what we're doing. Cause we enjoy just giving it to you. So thank you so much for that. We um, give it our all. We do. We do. I think too, Bing, we have a milestone that we should probably talk about that. We just broke. We do Adam. Why, why don't you bring up said milestone, my man? Just uh, the other day, it came to our attention that we passed. I'm going to get the exact number. If you give me one second, we passed a total play number. 155 total plays. Of on the power. Yeah. Thank you oh so much to the fans listening right now. This we love you so much. Thank we you so much, you. everybody. It's 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 been incredible. Um that's a milestone we didn't think we were gonna reach this quickly. So no, not what's at all. great about that, and we love the guys from Southside Production for helping us out and getting us off the ground and everything. Uh there will be within the next coming weeks merchandise coming your way of a bunch of, di- of a bunch of different stuff that we've either talked about or just general on the power play merchandise. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, and also something that's how side productions is doing right now is they're doing a free sponsorship program due to the COVID-19 virus. Uh, if you know of, or own a small business that would let wants ad space wants to get their name out there and are struggling because of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, but can't afford it. We are doing free sponsorships. So the best way to go about asking for that and acquiring that is you can either comment, DM, or tweet uh, at either of the socials for Southside Production. Their Instagram is south.sideproductions. Their Twitter is southsideprods, P-R-O-D-S. Uh, or you can email them at pandemicsponsor at southsideprod, P-R-O-D.com. Again, that's pandemicsponsor at southsideprod.com. Let's get into it, man. How about it? Big night of hockey right now. We're recording on Tuesday. 
huge night of hockey. When you are listening to this, there's only going to be two games uh, tonight, Wednesday night. Um, but we're gassed up about it. We got a bunch of stuff that's happened in the hockey world. One super big news, uh, but yeah. we're going to get this out of the way first, just a kind of little bit of house cleaning stuff. Um, two things about COVID lists. Uh, the Blackhawks have put Adam Bokvist and Alex Debrinkit on the COVID list, and they are now in protocol. Uh, along with Adam, I believe you said the Gold Knights coaching staff. Uh, yeah, uh, this is coming at you from the NHL website, NHL.com. Uh, quote, the Vegas Golden Knights coaching staff is not participating in their home game against the St. Louis Blues on Tuesday. So today when we're recording, yesterday when you're listening, due to an abundance of caution regarding COVID-19. Um, because of this, Golden Knights general manager Kelly McCrimmon is coaching from the bench alongside the staff of Henderson of the American Hockey League. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the Henderson Silver Knights are the minor league affiliate for the Vegas Golden Knights. So their coaching staff will be coming up uh, to fill in for this. Um, and then it pretty much just kind of goes on to repeat itself. Uh, for those of you that also don't know, the usual staff for Vegas is Peter DeBoer as the head coach, your assistant, Ryan Craig, Ryan McGill, and Steve Spot, your goaltending coach, Mike Rosati, and video coach, Tommy Cruz. All righty. Uh, so they're going to be basically coachless for the foreseeable future. Um, True, but there is an interesting name from the Henderson staff that is uh, going to be here on Tuesday. Uh, Mr. Joel Ward. Indeed. Um, that's, shark. that's one of those things um, that you kind of, you think mostly about the players and their COVID list stuff because, you know, they're the players. You don't even think about the coaching staff. So right. we're going to see how the Golden Knights perform given that most of their coaching staff is uh, indisposed at the current moment. Uh, so we'll obviously keep tabs on that, kind of see what the Golden Knights um, situations in the next two weeks will be. Uh, it's however, also Petro's return. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's, that's you tonight. Know I, mean. I guess yeah. uh, for those listening last night. Yeah, um, it's uh, he's come, he's facing the Blues for the first time since uh, leaving. Uh, as, as a uh, secondary Blues fan, I love Petro, so not a problem there. Um, for, just to get that out of the way, just a little bit of house cleaning stuff. We got to talk about it. But moving on into the big, big news that happened oh, since yeah. our last podcast, Pierre-Luc Dubois has gotten his wish and is out of Columbus in what is considered, at least right now, a blockbuster deal uh, because it's not even close to the deadline. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is headed to Winnipeg in exchange for Patrick Laine and um, uh, J uh, Jack Roslovich. And I believe Pierre-Luc uh, Dubois went with a third-round pick uh, to win. Trying to find the trade details right now as you're talking about it. That is – it's a huge trade. Um, it, uh, it, look, we knew that PLD was was unhappy in, in Columbus. We didn't necessarily know why. I uh, didn't know if it was a locker still room don't. thing. We still don't know why, and I don't think he's ever going to talk about why. Uh, however, it things kind of unfolded really quickly with him um, – it, you could see him just absolutely dogging it on shifts. He wasn't trying. Uh, he would get sit for whole periods at a time by head coach, John Tortorella. Uh, the writing was on the wall that it was going to happen soon. This is not a deal I saw coming. I did not think I would see Patrick line in anything but a Jets Jersey for most of his career, uh, but it happened. Um, and it, it, it wasn't hidden that line a kind of wanted out of Winnipeg. However, to me, it's like you went from American, uh, you went from Canadian Ohio to Ohio. You went from one boring city to another. 
it, if if that was your beef, I'm not quite sure. Uh, however, I do know that um, Pierre-Luc Dubois' father is on the coaching staff for the Manitoba Moose, uh, which is oh. uh, Manitoba is the same Providence where where Winnipeg is. And I know that Patrick Laine um, has family in Ohio. So I'm. I, this is kind of a good deal for both of them. I'm not quite sure. Um, Jack Roslovich, I'm not quite sure what his – I think it was just a sweetener, really. Uh, for, I have the full details if you want to hear them. Absolutely, Adam. Go right on that. All right. So the full trade goes as follows. The Columbus Blue Jackets acquired Jack Roslovic and Patrick Laine. Uh, Winnipeg actually ended up retaining 26% of Laine's current contract. Uh, which equates to about uh, a round up and say 1.8 mil Yeesh. Uh, retained. That's not what the contract is currently worth. He, they Winnipeg retained 1.8 mil uh, in return. They got PLD Pierre Luc Dubois and a 2020 third round pick owned by the Columbus Blue Jackets. So once again, Roslovic and line a with 26% retained for PLD and a 2022 third. Now, that's a huge deal to happen this early in the season. Uh, however, that was something that probably could have happened in the offseason anyways. Uh, but yeah. it, I I think Columbus was trying to juice uh, PLD for all he was worth and then realized he wasn't going to try at all. Uh, you kind of noticed that in, uh, in, in some of his shifts. He was just dogging it on the ice. And John Tortorella is not a coach you want to play around with. He will sit you. And he's, yeah. he, he sat PLD for almost an entire period game. I think he gave, he got like less than two minutes of ice time in a I think period I saw at one point. So the final in a period, I don't know, but I think his total ice time was like four minutes, which, which is ridiculous Five. Um, for, especially for a player of that caliber. So hopefully both of the, all of those players find uh, happiness in their new cities. And I'm excited to see what happens with Patrick line on a Columbus team that isn't bad. Uh, Columbus can definitely make a push for a playoff run if they wanted to. Um, it just all depended on goaltending and, and defense, obviously. Uh, but that that was the huge news that happened in in the off week. Uh, now, now for if you're Pierre-Luc Dubois and you started the season like you did, how do you bounce back from that? From you now almost have this connotation to your name that you dogged it for the first couple of games in Columbus because just because you didn't want to be there. How do you bounce back from that as a player in the locker room? I think I'll start. Um, you do what, you know, line eight did in the start to season when all that, you know, all that negative talk was around his name. You lay it all out there. First couple of shifts, like Patrick line, got into a fight his first game of the season and all the, all the talks were on him that he doesn't want to be there. They're looking to trade him. Yada, yada, yada. He goes out there, he shows the bench, like, hey, if I'm going to play on this team, I'm going to play hard. And that's what Dubois needs to do. He says, if I'm going to play on this team, I'm going to play hard. And I'm going to give it my all every night. I'm going to be a factor. And then, Adam, how, how you, how you, if you were Pierre, uh, how would you bounce back from that? I mean, he's not the most physical guy, so it's not like no. – uh, I, don't, I don't expect him to be dropping gloves left and right. Um, but – if he doesn't get on the stat sheet early, uh, if you're Winnipeg, are you are you pissed? Like, no, um, I think Fish kind of hit it kind of on the head. Like, you want to you, you want to show up. You you want your presence known. And I think you know a lot of emphasis from a fan point of view is put on like point production. But and it's something I'm slowly starting to try and integrate when I watch games. Is seeing the little things, seeing how a guy comes in and battles for a puck, seeing how a guy 
responds after maybe not so good of an opening shift, stuff like that. So I think even if he doesn't get on the stat sheet, if he comes out and makes his presence felt on the ice and shows the, not just the staff for Winnipeg, but the players and the rest of the roster that he's here, he's committed to what's going on here, I think it'll go a long way in both his career and Winnipeg's uh, chances at a cup, e- either this season or moving forward. Right. Uh, I agree with both of you on that. Um, he's he's known for producing on the stat sheet. So I think if, if, you're, if you're PLD, you're – looking to make as much of an impact on the ice as soon as possible, as quick as possible. Uh, hopefully Winnipeg puts him in the right situation, puts him on the right line where he can do that. Um, I'm not quite sure if he's the type of person that's going to be able to carry a line all by himself. Um, it, it's, it's possible. He's got the skill. Um, but Winnipeg also, they, they have talent on that team, um, whether it be uh, enough for him to make an immediate impact will be, will be seen. Uh, however, for a guy like PLD, I think your best course of action is make yourself known as soon as possible. Either get gritty or get in front of that net and at least try and get assists or pot one. Um, all pun intended. No pun intended. There you all go. pun intended. Oh, all pun intended. I like all Always. pun intended. Give me all the puns. Yeah. I love puns. But do you now, want to talk about uh, predictions? Our predictions we made in the start of the year, does it change? Um, For me, no. I don't yeah, think really. – um, I don't really, really think either changed. team got something that's going to push them over the edge. If anything, I'd see Columbus making more of a push. Wow. Uh, I'm I don't the see... complete opposite. Are you? Okay. Yeah, I think Winnipeg's going to make the playoffs now. You think Do you think just PLD gets it done? No, but Pierre-Luc Dubois mixed with all everything else they have, they're a very sound – I mean, it's hard to say they're a sound defensive team because not a lot of – the defense is being played in the North division, right. but um, they got a lot of guys that can block shots. that can move pluck, move pucks. And that are smart hockey players. And boy, yeah. you don't need a, you don't need a sniper on a team to be an effective offensive team, you know? Right. And Pierre Lutebras has got that all over out two way for two way type of game that any team would kill for. That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm still sticking with, I think that Colum- I really, I think Columbus won that deal. Um, yeah. I, I, I really, I think a guy like line a and, and, and Ros and Rosovich, they, I think they, they definitely pushed that team in the right direction to make a playoff run. Uh, but obviously that'll, that'll be seen. We'll see who was right at the end of the year. Um, moving on from that blockbuster deal, a little bit more NHL news, uh, former Coyotes GM, John Chica, um, has been suspended from the NHL through 2021. Uh, the report uh, says Chaika, who left the team last summer after terminating his contract just before the start of the postseason, was suspended for, quote, content uh, conduct detrimental to the league and game, uh, and he cannot be involved in NHL any NHL business through the season. Um, and it says uh, the Coyotes had no comment on the ruling. Uh, current GM Bill Armstrong was hired in September, and the team parted ways with many front office personnel from Chaika's tenure. Uh, now, this doesn't really have anything, I think, huge that, that has to really deal with anything because he wasn't with the franchise. However, if you're the Coyotes, this is too, like, almost back-to-back frontline news that you don't want to be a part of. Uh, no, so as, not at all. As a – because you had the mess up with the draft pick, and now you have a former GM also in trouble. As a franchise who 
even two years ago was on the up and up you not only are you not putting out necessarily the greatest product on the ice now especially with oliver ekman larson hurt um but now you have so much going on off the ice how do you bounce back as a franchise is it do you think that you can come back this year and maybe make a push or are you trying to trade uh to get some exciting players or just anything off off your your negative radar just to make your team positive again because right now the connotation for the coyotes is it's a negative franchise right now the whole aura around that franchise is negative um i i think for me if i'm bill armstrong i'm trying to acquire at least one exciting player no matter what i have to give up if i have to give up oliver ekman larson so be it uh but i gotta make something happen on the ice that will take away from the off ice stuff what about you guys what are you thinking Mm, I'll, i'll start it off um so I, you know, let me think about. It. Let me think of what I want to say. <laughs> Adam, you got anything, buddy? Yeah. I feel like um, the Coyotes have almost put themselves in a corner. I mean, I'm looking at their cap friendly uh, page right now. They have no cap, so they have nothing really to work with. If they want to make space, they're trading away someone like a Phil Kessel who hasn't had, I think, the same sort of production that he had in Pittsburgh. Um, so I think that was kind of a lost trade on their part. I mean, time will still tell whether or not, you know, things turn around. Um, but you're looking at moving someone like him who could be a key piece in that offense. Um, I really, honestly, I think they kind of put themselves in a corner with all of Chica's movement because a lot of this is all under Chica's tenure. So – it's going to be a hole to dig themselves out of. I know you said, Bing, that they were a franchise that was kind of looking on the up and up. Right now, even Clayton Keller doesn't seem like someone that's going to turn this franchise around. So I don't know what they have to do, but I think it's going to be hard for them to dig this hole uh, or dig themselves out of this hole, rather. It, it, and it is because uh, they, they, for lack of a better term, they really were. They had a lot of good young pieces. They were drafting well. Darcy Kemper was looking like a solid starting goaltender in the, at the NHL level. And then all of this off-ice stuff happened, especially with the draft pick. And it seems like it, it's just gone back to five years ago as, as a franchise. They're not a very good team. Um, they have all of this off-ice drama going on. Um, it, and it's taking away from the hockey being played. And it's already a franchise that, let's be honest, doesn't really bring in a whole lot of fans in the first place. And you have all this negativity around it. And now it's, and now you're almost taking the fans completely out of it. Cause they're like, ah, there's too much drama around this team. I'm not even going to bother watching. Um, you got to start worrying about being a franchise, let alone um, a, a putting a hockey team out on the ice. Uh, so I think that they've kind of dug themselves a hole. So we'll see how they get out of it. See if they can do anything this year. That's kind of exciting. But if I'm Bill Armstrong and the front office staff, I'm, I'm attempting to do what Bill Armstrong did with the blues. I'm attempting to make trade trade deadline moves, do something exciting, get one exciting player to come to this city in a trade or in free agency or or what have you. And, and hope that it takes away from all the negativity going on off the ice and in the news. Um, Speaking get relocated. I got an opinion. Yeah, go ahead. When, when you have all this hoopla and all this, you know, smoke in the air. You really have to look at your head coach to rally the troops and to, and to, to you know, go with the motto of you take it one game at a time. That's really what you have to do. We're not even 10 games into this season. You're not even close to out of the playoff race. 
So you that really got to yeah. have Rick Tockett bring these groups in and say, listen, it doesn't matter what's going on in the front office. It doesn't matter. All we have is what we have in this locker room. And Rick Tockett has to convince those players that they are a playoff team and they can play like a playoff team. So it all, in my opinion, it all kind of comes back to how Rick Tockett coaches this team. Cause you know, are they lacking in some areas? Yeah, but they haven't enough talent to contend, not for a cup, uh, but for a playoff spot. And so. it's and it's it's young talent too that they can hopefully with all of this going on hopefully they can keep around um, because it's a lot of young talent so you never know like it, it could it might not yet be proven these guys might just be absolute killers and are going to take this franchise to to many great places but hopefully that those uh, those players will decide to stay uh, given everything going on um, around them but speaking of off the ice drama. Boy, oh boy, do we have a good one for you guys. Tony D'Angelo, defenseman for the New York Rangers. Um, he left Twitter uh, for specific reasons that we're not going to get into. Um, however, it appears he has gone back on Twitter with a burner account. Allegedly. And is, and is just, allegedly, allegedly. Um, and is just roasting fans. Um, it is so the profile that is under question is NYR fan nine two three six zero two four four. That's a lot of numbers. Um, Wait, what? Say that number again. Uh, NYR fan nine two three six zero two four four. Okay, sounds like Uh, more Ranger fans than they actually have. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) nice chirp. Um, (laughs) Uh, so um, here's here's the uh the saga of events. Uh, so um, this this page, this person um, who was allegedly Tony D'Angelo, uh, replied to a comment uh, saying uh, the comment said, De- uh, get D'Angelo off this team. He responded to it with not his fault. Uh, that was the first tweet at 940 p.m. on Friday evening. Um, and then in response to a deadspin writer who tweeted that the quote Rangers, de- the Rangers definitely lost because Tony D'Angelo was trending on Twitter after the game, the suspect burner account responded real fucking funny D bag. Instead of taking cheap shots at a player, you should get off the couch and try going out there yourself. <laughs> oh boy. Things oh, are starting to get like a burner uh, account. This was, this was, this was all Friday night um, into the wee hours of Saturday morning. Uh, either Tony D himself or an absolutely crazy fan who just loves Tony D'Angelo. Um, was just responding to negative Tony D'Angelo tweets all evening long. And then because on Twitter, people were like, is this actually Tony D'Angelo? Because no one is defending this pylon of a defenseman this heavily. Uh, the, <laughs> the account tweets out and then uh, posts that, um, that tweet just so it's the first thing everybody sees when they go to the page. It, uh, it says, it. For, for the record, since for some reason people keep saying this, I'm not Tony D'Angelo, just someone who's sick of him being criticized by people who know nothing about the game of hockey. Um, sure, that's okay. Yeah. Um, however, Twitter did what Twitter does. And yeah. these guys went and on a manhunt, a Saturday early morning manhunt to find out who this man is. Um, a uh, Twitter account... Um, 
was who tweeted out this you bro with four different pictures. Here's what's going on. So apparently this account sent this uh, Rangers not quote unquote Tony D'Angelo account sent them a DM with a link and it was a tracking link. And for some reason, whoever this account is, maybe Tony D'Angelo, maybe not clicked on that link. Cause you know, you definitely click on random links people send to you. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, and so now this person got a geolocation of where this computer or this device that was on Twitter was um, at the time the device was in Pittsburgh Guess who is playing in Pittsburgh on, or who was playing in Pittsburgh on Sunday, and that team was definitely in Pittsburgh at the time. Tony oh, D'Angelo right. and the Rangers oh, were right. in Pittsburgh at the time. Um, and it's just, it's too good. It's <laughs> too good. It, come on, man. Who's clicking on links that people DM you on Twitter? Who's doing that? Yeah, I don't. That's the internet 101. Like, really, you don't do that. That was one of the funniest things I have ever read in my entire life. I was <laughs> I was so happy to come across that article uh, that talked about this today. I was like, this is this is too good. Uh, but I gotta ask you guys, I do you think it's Tony D'Angelo or do you think it's just a crazy New York Rangers fan that happens to live in Pittsburgh and love Tony D'Angelo with a burning passion? Um, I'll go because uh I saw Tony D'Angelo get drafted, and I was like, huh, this guy's a little – you grew up a Flyers fan, like grew up in the South Jersey area. He's kind of, the, you know, that, you know, hard-nosed Italian, which there aren't many Italians in the NHL, so that's kind of like the odd man out, you know. And, um, yeah, probably is. I think he created it. Because he's like, oh, no one's going to expect it's me. Like, they only think burner accounts are in, like, politics in the NBA. Like, that, Yeah, no you don't really hear about NHL me. burner accounts too often. What a shot no. at the NBA. Jeez, I didn't expect that one. <laughs> but it's NBA, true, The yeah. NBA is a joke of a league. We can get into that later if you want that, to. I'll go on a whole This sounds like a whole episode. A joke let's, that let's, is. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you can spend a whole episode on that. Oh, God. Um, yeah, no, Matt, I agree with you. I think it's Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. I think um, no matter what, it's funny as hell. Oh, it, it is so For real, funny. though. And um, it's just so funny someone would make that much time just to, uh, you know, uh, care about what someone says on Twitter. <laughs> like, Yeah, right? Clearly, like, you haven't spent a lot of time on Twitter because that's all Twitter is. Oh, yeah, I deleted it. I deleted it. Really but point. it's uh, – that, I, I understand what it is, and – you know, you really just got to take it with a grain of salt. But some people can't take it with a grain of salt. And they get, you know, they oh. get personalized and feel insecure when someone completely roasts them in a Twitter feed. And they've had the urge to stand up for themselves, even though just saying nothing is obviously the right move to do. But um, and especially if you're a public figure. Here's the thing, too. Here's the thing, too. If this is just a crazy New York Rangers fan who, by the way, happens to live in Pittsburgh for no fucking reason, um, you're defending the wrong player on your team. Let's just go through his career stats Ooh, real quick, shall we? Nothing impressive. 200, 200, I'm, I'm pulling an Adam right oh, now. Please. I'm going right for the stats. Uh, um, out of 203 career games played, he scored 24 goals. 
uh, 81 assists for 105 points. However, he's a career dash 18 in the plus minus category. Oh this man is an absolute pylon has only ended two seasons in the plus category. Uh, and he's finished a season at dash 18. What I'm pulling up. You gotta be kidding me. Come on. He should be ashamed of himself. He should be. He should be. So if you're this crazy Rangers fan who definitely isn't Tony D'Angelo, um, why? Why are you defending this man? For what reason? Because he believes he is the piece to make the New York Rangers defense the star-studded defense he believes they can be. Oh, absolutely. For I mean, sure. Yeah, no, he's he's the keystone of that team. Definitely not Artemi Panarin. Chris or, Carter. Uh, Mika Zibanejad who, or any of those Who guys. else is on their defense other than Jack Johnson? Who is Chris Carter? Isn't Carter a defenseman? No, no he's Carter's a winger. Forward. Carter's winger. Um, uh, hold on now. Let's look. Uh, That's a, uh, well, if I just open a floodgate, hold up. Defense. Defense pairings. Here we go. Um... They got Jake Truba. Um, he's, okay. he's an absolute stick. Um, yeah, it's it's not like they have horrible. De- they got Georgiev. Um, for 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 they got good goaltending. They obviously drafted um, Alexis uh, Lafreniere. Alexis Lafreniere. Lafreniere. Um, I've been catching a lot of shit for pronouncing his name wrong, but I'm going to pronounce it the way I pronounce it because it, it sounds French enough to me. Uh, I've heard Lafreniere. I've heard Lafreniere. Uh, I, pronou- I pronounce it Alexis Lafreniere, and I think that that's how it should be pronounced. Uh, you can come at me if you want to. I'm not going to oh, change no. my ways. I don't know what you want from me. Uh, however, that was just too <laughs> funny to not touch base on because Twitter is a hysterical place. It's where true. many egos have gone to die and now also Tony D'Angelo's is the most recent to go and get get basically get shit on um, <laughs> so that had to cover that because that was just too funny um, for more news around the league specifically a team that has does not yet exist Adam would you like to cover what is going on in the Seattle Kraken universe yes so this team is slowly starting to uh take shape at least behind the scenes you know um i'm not sure if they've announced a head coach yet i could be wrong there i don't think they have but uh regardless as of today they made the official announcement on their twitter keeping it you know all in the house uh that john horsland former broadcaster of the north uh, not north carolina the carolina hurricanes um is now the new and first ever play-by-play guy for the Seattle Kraken. So congrats to Mr. Forsland on landing the Seattle gig. Um, I've heard, I think I'm pretty sure I've heard a couple of his calls on uh, Carolina games when I've tuned in and he's a really good broadcaster. Uh, and I think yeah, he's one of the best. He does the, pe- he does the playoffs. He did the bubble. Yeah. And, and he was, I, I thought he was great in the bubble. So I'm, I'm excited to hear that voice covering Kraken games. So it, teams coming together. That- I'm excited. I can't wait for our, uh, mock drafts when we get to that point yeah i'm super excited to do that um that's gonna be really exciting um yeah so congratulations um to him on getting that gig uh broadcasters respect broadcasters and he's one of the best 
Um, love what he did in Carolina. Loved, loved, loved what he did in the bubble. Uh, so super excited to hear him covering Seattle Kraken's game. That's got to be such an exciting thing for a broadcaster to literally be a part of a new franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. That's it must super be intimidating exciting. too. But. It's got to be incredibly intimidating because you are now the only voice of that franchise. Um, right. But I think he's gonna he's gonna treat it as anyone would. Um, he's gonna be professional about it. He's gonna be awesome, and I'm super excited to hear it. Um, and we're gonna wrap up at least the news portion of the show here. With some NHL power rankings, I got them pulled up here. Um, so, what I want to talk about first is, as far as it's concerned, this is obviously the first place team in the power rankings. The Montreal Canadiens <laughs> have taken the world by storm. They've gotten 10 out of a possible 12 points to start the season. They have the best goal differential, and their possession numbers are otherworldly off the charts. Now, I called this. I called that Montreal was going to be a good team. Uh, This I did not see coming. Um, They are leading the North Division without taking a single regulation loss. They are 4-0-2. And they're looking like the best team in Canada right now, which I did not. I didn't see them being the best team in Canada. I thought that was going to go to Vancouver. I think we all did. Um, Will they be the king of the North? The king of the North. At this rate, if they keep this up all season long, they are going to be king of the North. Um, that Good I mean, Game of Thrones content right there. Uh, uh, yeah, Game of Thrones it, content. I've never seen Game of Thrones. I don't have HBO. Oh, but uh, I've seen every episode besides the last two. So and that's fair. I've watched yeah. the whole show. It's you know, I think I don't think you're missing much, fish. I have yeah. heard the last two episodes are garbage. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, I, know. I do have our official predictions pulled up for the North if you want to hear. At yeah, least. what 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 were our predictions for the North there? So starting with Brian, your top three are the Canucks, the Maple Leafs, and the Oilers, with the Canadians slotting in at number four. Yep. Uh, Mister Fishy Fish with uh, Vancouver, Montreal, and Toronto rounding out his top three. Calgary slotting in at number four, and then myself with uh, Toronto, Vancouver, and the Canadians one, two, and three. With Edmonton slotting in at number four. Uh, yeah, we all had the Canucks up there. Uh, I was the only one that didn't think they were going to lead the league. Um, but yeah. I, I really thought that the Canucks were going to be a better team than they're proving to be. Um, yeah. I still stand by those picks, though, given what we knew in the preseason. I still mm-hmm. stand by that. Um, however, Montreal has just blown the pants off everybody, and have, they've been just taking names and – counting checks um yeah. the, the the top 10 is as follows montreal uh in the first seed number two coming in vegas golden knights uh tampa bay lightning number three colorado avalanche number four the boston bruins number five the new york islanders number six toronto maple leafs number seven calgary flames number eight the dallas stars number nine and to round out the top 10 the st louis blues now the blues being in the top 10 kind of surprises me a little bit considering yeah. how they got the brakes beat off them a couple of times. Uh, I guess they're kind of going off record at this point. Um, I don't even know if that's true, looking at the actual standings right now. And another team that has surprised me were the Calgary Flames at, no- at number eight. Uh, Jacob Markstrom looks huge, uh, absolute shutdown. Um, and if, they, if he keeps that play up, he can carry that team to the playoffs um, because they're not necessarily the most powerful team offensively but you get a good goaltender 
that'll that'll solve a lot of your problems right there. Uh, that's what Vancouver was trying to do by getting Holtby, and it didn't end up working. So good for Jacob Markstrom, first of all. Goaltender, respect goaltender. That's props. Hmm. Um, that I think a lot of the teams in the top 10 aren't shocking, but definitely the Canadians being in first and Calgary being in the top 10 surprised me. Um, I don't know if any of these things surprised you a little bit. There's a team um, I feel like was kind of snubbed, in my opinion. And who's that? The Minnesota Wild. They are yeah. number 13 in the power rankings. I um, feel like – I don't know if it's maybe just like a little bit of bias because I am a, a second fan. They're, they're my second team tied with Vegas. Um, but I feel like they're a team I did not see like in the standings right now. They sit sixth um, or at least tied for fifth between uh, Winnipeg and Pittsburgh, which in and of itself is a weird sentence to say. Um but I feel like Minnesota's up there. They're a contender that uh, the Russian uh, Kaprizov. Yes, Carol uh, K- K- Kaprizov. He's something else. I watched him play uh, when he when San Jose was in Minnesota, and that one play that he had where he had Sorison like all over him, like it was almost like a hug that this kid had on him, and he was still able to break free, get the puck and his stick between his legs, and get a shot off. It, I don't think it was actually on net. I think he went up and over. But just to be able to do that with pressure, with speed, is something absurdly that I think Minnesota is going to be able to carry and use for a long time if he decides to stick around. Especially- I think that, I think he's exactly what that team needed. Um, they, yes. needed they needed a spark plug and a young one. He's exactly that. Um, you're right. That goal was insane. He was being – bear hugged from behind and and somehow got that puck in the back of the net I oh he didn't go in he, he went wide oh it went, went wide. wide okay still just to get a shot on shit how yeah um but it, they are falling in at number 13 uh then the next five are as follows uh these are the teams basically with a promising start still some things to prove uh number 11 the washington capitals number 12 the new jersey devils number 13 the wild uh, number 14, the Carolina Hurricanes, and number 15, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, the Devils being this high up on this list is kind of surprising. Uh, however, yeah. the Devils have gotten off to a surprising start. Uh, really good goaltending out of Mackenzie Blackwood, and Jack Hughes is ig- exactly what he was supposed to be in his rookie year, which is a star. Um, so they've, they've come off to a shocking start and find themselves at number 12 in the power rankings. Uh, obviously it's early in the season, but still for a team like the New Jersey devils, that's kind of, it's something. Um, yeah, it might not carry all year long, uh, depending on how well Mackenzie Blackwood keeps playing, but shit. I mean, good for them. Number 12 in the power rankings. I'll, I'll take it. Um, the penguins being this far down doesn't surprise me. Um, I expect them to personally i expect them to keep falling down um i don't think they're a very good team uh i just think that against certain teams they play well and that will keep them in some things um i think most of the east division they'll be playing are teams that they always end up playing well against um i think given if it was a normal season i don't think this team makes the playoffs Uh, i'll stand by that i will stand on this hill and die on it alone if i have to um (laughs) i don't i don't see them making it um, and then the we're going to just round out the top 20 because the rest of the teams aren't really 
necessarily worth talking about. No offense, because the the Sharks are number twenty two. Um, but sixteen to twenty, uh, the Winnipeg Jets at sixteen, the Philadelphia Flyers at seventeen, the Florida Panthers at eighteen, the Columbus Blue Jackets prior to the Patrick Line deal at nineteen, and the Los Angeles Kings at twenty. Uh, nothing about this really shocks me except How for are the, the Flyers. Kings higher? How are the Kings higher? Um, uh, they have uh, more. Uh, it says here they're more competitive than expected against some of the league's top teams. Okay. Um, yeah, that that sure. seems a little BSy to me. Uh, the only thing that shocks me here is the Flyers being all the way at number seventeen, given how they were supposed to go into the year, because um, they swept the Penguins and then lost one to the to the to the uh, Sabers and then lost back to back to the Bruins. Um, as far as the Bruins are concerned, the Bruins have always had the Flyers number. That is just kind of a recorded fact. Um, so I'm not going to make a whole lot of assumptions about that. I do think the Flyers are going to pick it up. That's that shouldn't be an issue. Um, however, the goaltending of Carter Hart has not been stellar by any means. Um, he's made a lot of good saves, but he's he's let in some softies. Um, and considering that was supposed to be the keystone pinnacle of what this team is, we will kind of see how the season progresses from there on. Um, you know, Matt, I'll take it over to you since you're the other Flyers fan here. How, how do you feel about, about this currently? You know, it's, it's upsetting to see in a way that, you know, you saw him really get upset at himself. But at the end of the day, we know that hockey is a team game. And the thing about it is they're really not – they really haven't been – the past week they haven't been playing well in front of them. And they've been kind of letting them out to dry. But a goaltender's never gonna say his team's letting him out to dry. He's just Ever. trying to make Ever. he's just trying to make save after save. And when he's not, it's, he thinks it's on him. Like I said, you know, they're we'll get together. They needed some practice. Yeah, this this game, this is a close one, and uh they'll rebound. They're still in the best division in hockey. They're still a good good team, great, great team, and when they get healthy they'll be even better, but I'm yeah. not too worried about it because we got Moose in there and I love Moose. So you got Brian Elliott. Um, and they're, they're just a team that responds well to when their coach, you know, criticizes them. And that, that says a lot. Yeah. You know? um, I'm I not, think... I'm not worried. I'm a little disappointed in what I saw because it's, it's not pay- – they're not paying attention to the details, which is for- frustrating because last year that's really all they did was pay attention to the details. And so it will it will change. It'll be all right. They're going to – they'll be fine. I think to bounce off what you said and add – One game at a time. Too, yeah, one game at a time, obviously, for all teams. Um, but I think when it comes down to it um, – and, and Adam, you can comment on this too – uh, every team in the East Division um, is good. For lack of a better term, all of them are good. Uh, so there are going to be a lot of good teams in the East that don't see the playoffs because they just weren't great. Um, I, I agree with you there, uh, Matt. I think the East Division is by far and wide the best division in the NHL right now as far as competition-wise and caliber of team. So I think the East Division is going to be – it's going to be kind of sad for a couple of teams that don't see the playoffs, even though they're, they're a good team. And given any other season, they're making the playoffs, but unfortunately that's just how the cookies crumble in a COVID season like this. Um, but that was all of the NHL stuff that we were going to touch super base on. 
uh, right now we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of have some fun. Uh, this is something that we've been talking about doing, kind of bouncing around our group chat uh, about doing. We got two things that we want to that we want to touch base on. The first one uh, is actually uh, we're thinking that it's going to gain some legs um, in video game format. So I toss this question crossed. out to the group chat. Fingers crossed. Uh, I toss this question out to the group chat, and uh, it, it that we all liked it. We all want to talk about it. Um, if we were NHL players. Uh, we're going to go through each of us here, and here's what we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about what position we would play, um, what are, would our assets be, uh, when do you think you'd get drafted given those assets, and how long do you think your career would be, and maybe some other things. Uh, so uh, ha- have you boys thought on this? Oh, yeah. A little bit. Okay. So uh, would you like me to start to give an example, or do you guys yeah. like yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, the okay. hockey think players. So. so okay, yeah. Um, so being the only guy on the the podcast that actually played hockey, uh, I actually unfortunately know my skill level. But <laughs> um, uh, so I would probably play goalie. Uh, it's the only position I know really well. I did play D man a couple of times, but that's not something I know super well. Uh, so I'd probably be a goalie again. Um, my my skill set um, is uh, definitely keeping teams in games. Uh, I, I have the capabilities to uh, keep a close game close and uh, keep keep uh, the team in front of me as, as long as they're playing good defense in front of me. Um, I have the ability to keep teams in games. Uh, I'm trained in that. I've, I've taken goalie coaching classes. I've had goalie coaches that have been great to me. Um, shout out to coaches like Matt, Man, uh, Matt Montagna at the high school level and Grizz at the college level. Um, given the fact that I'm a goalie and I don't think I'm the greatest goalie of all time, I think I'd probably fall somewhere to the third or fourth round. Um, not quite sure who would pick me up. I guess it would kind of depend on how the draft status worked. Uh, I think a team as of right now that could benefit from my services is a team like the Los Angeles Kings. Um, so I, I think my services would be served there pretty well. Uh, I, I, I think I'd have a decent career if things in the the LA system don't work out I definitely get traded I might play for two or three teams I'd probably predict my NHL career to go mm, hopefully seven or eight seasons before things start kind of falling off the rails I already got bum knees and (laughs) bum hips so uh yeah I think I'd have a pretty decent career uh I don't think I'd be a hall of famer by any means but I think that I would be able to be a decent asset to teams and uh, yeah, that's my kind of assessment on what would happen if I was an NHL player. Um, which one of you boys want to go next? I'm kind of excited to see uh, what position <laughs> you guys think you'd play. You want to take it, Fish? Since yeah, I'll take it. Skilled player here. So I would be a left winger. I'm a six. I'm a big guy, and I I would be a power forward left winger who'd play the game really hard. Be both on the power play and on the penalty kill. Um, I would be a lot of weight, so I think I'd be a middle second-round draft pick. Um, you know, I'd develop a shot while I got into the league, and uh, I don't know if my career would last very long because I would play very on the edge and get hurt too much. So I would hope to go six years and then, maybe see what see what other things i could do maybe be a broadcaster 
Yeah, man. Be a broadcaster <laughs> after for sure. Um, de- definitely. If you're going to be a hard nosed player, your career might be a little bit shorter uh, or on the end of the, the, the shorter spectrum. Uh, just because of just because of that, if you're going to be a hard nosed guy, uh, getting into corners, battling for pucks, taking elbows to the jaw. Um, yeah, no, I could definitely see it. You're a bigger dude. You can definitely play with some physicality to you. Um, maybe a couple of years in the A, maybe bounce around, um, uh, maybe bounce around, get yourself a nice minor uh, minor league career going as well. Uh, take your NHL time, maybe uh, bamboozle one franchise into signing you for four years. Uh, get your money and get the fuck out. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the beauty of being one of those physical guys. You earn the the heart of the city. Now they have to sign you, and it's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah adam what, you? What, are you, what are you thinking about yourself my guy we got a left winger, we got a goalie where are you going i when i play because again i've never I, I have no touches on pucks i've never played the game i have no experience like you know fish street bing's been in the game he's a pro at this point as far as i'm concerned definitely uh, not but thank you <laughs> <laughs> so i have no experience i have very little sports experience outside of you know, peewee stuff, playing soccer, baseball, whatever have you. Um, but when I play NHL 21 or any of the EA games, I always put myself as a center. I like, you know, being in the action. But growing up playing, like, soccer or playing baseball, I always liked being the goalie or the catcher. For whatever reason, that was just, like, my favorite place to be. I don't know if it's because I was, you know, a little kid. I like being lazy. Didn't have to do much. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I always like playing goalie. So I think I'm going to join you, Bing, in between the pipes. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, my eyesight is not what it used to be. I'm blind as a bat without my glasses. So I don't know if I'm allowed to keep my glasses on or maybe have a nice, cool little visor. Yeah, we'll get you some of them spectacles that those basketball oh, hell players yeah. wear. Looking badass. If we do that, I think I might be all right. Um, I remembered vividly in high school when we played uh, like street hockey, basically. I was pretty good as a goalie. Uh, you know, it's also a bunch of high school kids, so there's no real competition there. It's pretty easy to make stops. Um, but I think I'd be a, a middle-of-the-road kind of kind of goaltender, nowhere near Bing's level, but, you know, I think I could hold my own if I needed to. Uh, probably go fifth or sixth round, hold my own. I like to think I'm a pretty, pretty loyal guy, so I would just ride it out with, you know, either if the team wants to keep me, I, I have no intentions on leaving. If they want to move me, so be it. I know I'm that great. Um, as far as longevity-wise – probably five or six years give or take uh i i've like you bang i've got you know some some banged up body parts here and there so i don't know if they you know you got some you got some banged up kneecaps oh my god my knees are terrible dude i'm 25 feeling like i'm 80 uh yeah i feel you there trust me buddy i got problems out the wazoo i think i could hold my own if i needed to okay okay I could, I could see it. I could definitely see it. I don't think you'd have a, have a problem by any means. Um, I'm a big body too, so I can cover a lot of them. There. Yes, exactly. Um, it, it, how, how's your, how's your reaction time? You got, you got good reaction speed as well. I like, I like to think I do. There's been a, a couple occasions in my life where I've had a reflex and reaction where I probably shouldn't have like caught the thing that I caught, but I did. So I don't know. I remember vividly in, I think, junior high, there was a water bottle being tossed around the lunchroom at my table. And just out of nowhere, I said the hell with it. I reached my hand up without even looking and caught the bottle. And I was like, all right, I'm done with this and put it down. Everyone's like, what the hell? Who are you? What did you do? Who are you? 
Who are you? <laughs> I think my real my uh, for you know the lack of eyes that I have, I think my reaction time's pretty good. All right, yeah, I could see it. So we got two tendies, we got one left wing, and what we were saying about hopefully uh, having that kind of stuff come into fruition. There's uh, the ideas being tossed around. We kind of want to toss it to you fans, see what you guys think. Um, we want to start doing some streaming, uh, some NHL 21 streaming. Um, we'll, we'll play as these players that we think we are um, and, and see what comes up there. So we want to maybe YouTube, maybe Twitch. We might start getting you guys in on that kind of uh, watch, interact with us and it'll, it'll be fun. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll enjoy our time doing it. We might play as a, uh, we might do um, NHL threes because there's three of us. We Ooh. might as well give that a go. Why not? Yeah. Like How about idea. it? Yeah. So um, that's an idea that we're tossing around. Hopefully that can come into fruition during the summer. Um, but moving on with the episode, we got only two segments left and we got uh, both of uh, Both of them are our favorites. Up first is we got the BBC. Bing's betting corner is here yeah. and in action. Uh, so far we are eight and five on, on the, uh, on the year. Uh, eight wins on these bets, five losses on these bets. So we, so far we've made our money back, guys. We're doing okay. All right. So as far <laughs> as as far as tonight's lines are, this is Wednesday, January twenty seventh, twenty twenty one's lines. There's only two games going on tonight. Uh, so we got the Chicago Blackhawks against the Nashville Predators. This is one where you can bet big money and pretty much almost guaranteed to not lose. Uh, the two bets I'm making on this game, I'm staying away from the spread just in case it does get a little close. I don't think it will, but that's one of those ones where you're like, eh, eh, maybe. Um, I like Nashville in this game, obviously. That's at minus 186, so you got to bet some big money to make some big money. Um, and then I'm going the over as well. That's at minus 112. Um, uh, the, the line there is set at six goals. So it, it's it's the, this game is kind of bet big money to make big money. Uh, but you'll definitely get some wins there with uh, betting the over and then betting Nashville to win it. The next game tonight is Ottawa against Vancouver, a little North division action. Um, the, the favorite in this game is the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, however, I like Ottawa here. I'm going to take Ottawa plus 120 odds uh, to win the game. And I like the under on goals in this one. Um, I think Holtby's going to step up. And I also think that uh, the goaltender for Ottawa, I believe, is that Cam Talbot, I, I think, uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken. For, oh, no, it's uh, Matt Murray. Matt Murray. Uh, yeah. I think the goaltending will step up in this game. I think those guys have seen enough pucks now to get back to their games and how good they are. So I'm taking Vancouver. Uh, I'm taking Ottawa in this game and the under set at six and a half goals. Um, so there's your there's your BBC for the night. A short one, only two games. Uh, so let's make that bread, boys. Uh, moving goes, uh, on into goes against the, the name of the segment, though, if you think about it, you know, short BBC doesn't seem right. Oh, man. You got. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you're going to make me blush. You're going to make me blush. I don't know what we're talking about. You're going you're, you're going to let the episode fly off the rails again. You're just going to let this no, we're go fine. all willy nilly. It's fine. It's fine. Everybody. No, we just, fine. If, it, if it's a train where. We, we got two wheels in the air, but we're still going <laughs> We are absolutely off the rails at this point. Uh, let's get into the final segment of the evening. We have the second half of season four. Or, Actually, no, uh, no we have season first, five, don't we? First, first, first half of season five. I we got the first half of season five of the People's GM. Uh, you took a little bit of a playoff loss there with, uh, with Winnipeg. Um, that we did. I got to pull up my spreadsheet. But, yeah, we did uh, – I believe we made it to the conference finals uh, at the end of season four. 
uh, came up short, had the rematch, uh, the Stanley Cup rematch between Dallas and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay pulling out the victory once again for the Cup. So they're, uh, as far as, you know, everything's concerned. Oh, no, that was a year ago. I'm all over the place. Someone help me. <laughs> was actually uh, Washington and uh, Anaheim. My fault. Washington. Yeah, and Ovechkin retired a champion. Uh, yes. Yes, on he did. That one. You are correct. There. See, Bing, you know what's up. You, I, you... I remember things. I remember things. I appreciate it because I don't. I got the memory. That's what I do, buddy. That's why I got the spreadsheet. Yes, of course. Well, that doesn't help me much either, apparently. So uh, what happened in the uh, the first half of season five there, buddy? So in the off season, um, one of the things of note I have, we drafted two rookies during the draft that had player comparisons to a couple of Sharks legends, I'd say. One definitely a legend, definitely Hall of Fame bound. One still playing, great defenseman, Patrick Marlowe and Mark Edward Vlasic. So we've got those guys in the pipeline coming up. Pickles! Yes, pickles! pickles. I love me some pickles. Uh, so the player names for those that want to, you know, follow their careers are Mario Gervais and Carter Raycroft, uh, both picked at 17th overall and 37th overall. So that's uh, some names to keep an eye on. Um, at the resign stage, I actually opened it up to the fans and we had them look into um, signing a couple of our big name players because I didn't know what to do. I had $34 million to spend. I can't be trusted with any sort of money, especially that amount of money. So I left it to the fans. That's why you're the people's GM. You're not just a GM. You're the people's exactly. GM. <laughs> exactly. I listened to my fans and that's exactly what I did. So Mark Shifley, Connor Hellebuck, Blake Wheeler, and Brian Little were the four mainstay Winnipeg Jets that I wanted you guys to uh, – Tell me what you thought. Tell me what contracts I should give them. Should I give them a one-year deal? Should I give them a three-year deal? Should I just let them up and leave the team? And all but one player was allowed or voted on, I should say, to stay with the team. And unfortunately, Brian Little has left the team and hit the free agent market. Um, I was a little bummed out. I was a little surprised that he left. But, you know, I understood it. He wanted about, I think, two or three mil which didn't really work in the cards with a lot of these contracts where uh, Mark Shifley made 11.3 uh, Hellebuck made, made 10.5 and Blake Wheeler made almost 3 million on top of having to re-sign Dougie Hamilton at seven. So all of our money was gone with those contracts alone, not to mention all the, uh, the big money Patrick line is making. Right. So Moving to free agency, couldn't really do too much. I did actually, funny thing of note, I was able to re-sign a former prospect that we traded to get Jet Lou. So he's Jet back Wu. back pool. So that All was right, he's back. Um, moving to the regular season, preseason stuff. We got a bit of a goalie duel forming within the Winnipeg Jets. Interesting. The- Net, I'm going to butcher this name, and I looked up the pronunciation earlier. I believe it's a former Carolina goaltender. Uh, I believe it's Alex Nedeljkovic. Yeah. Nedel Djokovic. I'll go with that one. And okay. Tuck um, both battling for the backup spot be- between Connor Hellebuck, or behind Con- Connor Hellebuck, I should say. Uh, Tucker Tynan looked like he was going to be the one to uh, edge it out, but after the first couple games, I wasn't feeling it. He wasn't making the stops. His save percentage was in the toilet. So, um, you know, I swapped him out, gave Alex a shot, and he made a monster save against the Capitals 
that resulted in him actually getting uh, the first star of the game. I believe in a victory for that game. So uh, Tucker, you don't usually see a goaltender getting the first star. So that's cool. Yeah, it was a crazy game. I think it was actually back and forth for a little bit until we edged it out with that big save. Um, so Tucker Tynan is officially, I am saying this now, being put on the trade block. Um, I'm actually going to have you guys tell me, you know, should I, where I should trade him, maybe where I should look to trade him. Should I keep him in the division? Should I send him out to the east? What we're doing there. Um, other News of note, uh, the home opener was against the Flyers. So we had Jesper Berglund versus uh, Dwight Gibson. For those of you that have been following, Dwight Gibson, major 34, uh, is actually starting to show up. I'll go over his stats. But we lost the the game opener to the Flyers. uh, So I'm sure you boys are happy about that. Boom, baby. Uh, In the shootout, 4-3 loss was the final there. Uh, Brian Little... Signed with the Blackhawks, made his return to Winnipeg uh, in a winning effort. Oh, no, in a losing effort. Excuse me. I misread my note. Uh, that was a 7-5 loss to the, uh, from us to the Blackhawks. And other than that, we're at the deadline right now, looking at the deadline. And something of note. Now, you guys remember when we won the Cup, our team went on a tear. Yes. Patrick Line was over, over 100 points to end the season. The first line was killing it. We're looking down the barrel of that again. Uh, looking at the top three players right now, Kyle Connor has 89 points at 62 games played. Patrick Laine has 77 points at 62 games played. Mark Shifley was 70, and the list goes on and on. Um, so we're looking down the barrel of possibly another deep cup run with the way this team's playing. We'd love to see it. Dwight Gibson has finally woken up. He's uh, 21 goals in at 62 games played, I believe, is how many games he's played. All right. 22, yeah. As we stand where I'm at, it's uh, March 1st, 2025. Dwight Gibson sitting at 22 goals and nine assists for 31 points. I, you know, compared to what he did last season, I love it. This is the Dwight Gibson I traded for. Uh, and considering Jesper Berglund, when I looked at his stats in Philly, is not pretty. I'm sorry. Um, right. I think, I think we're coming out on top for that deal. And well, good, good we, for the Jets then. Yeah, and where we stand at the deadline right now, 40 wins, 14 losses, and eight overtime losses. First in the division, and I think we are – yeah, we're first in the league with 88 points. So we're looking right now at the deadline at a President Trophy winning team right here. Oh, we'd like another deep see, cup run. See what happens. Like I said, the only trade I'm looking at making right now is for Tucker Tynum. So be on the lookout probably on the socials for uh, an idea of what you know what teams, what trades I'm liking. Uh, and maybe even open up for you guys just to post some trades. Get get crazy up in here. Hell yeah, man. GM. Until the peop- next week. The people, the people's GM is the GM of the people, as is titled. He will listen to what you guys want to do. We want another cup here in Winnipeg. All right, everybody. To. Thank you so much for listening to episode eight of On the Power Play. This is incredible, guys. Thank you so much. Eight episodes, and you guys are listening to us, and it's so awesome. We love each and every one of you. Thank you so much from all of us uh, here at Southside Productions and from On the Power Play. Look out on the socials for merch incoming, people's GM stuff. We're looking to do big things this year, get things off the ground and running um, for streaming, for maybe YouTube videos. Uh, Just be on lookout. We're looking to do some really exciting things, and we – Love you guys for being on this journey with us. Uh, Boys, ready to sign off? Yeah, let's get to 200 listens. Let's do it.
Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you for listening. And this has been on the power play. Peace.